What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. People ask me where you, uh, you know, where you, where you must have been the class clown. And I say, uh, no, I wasn't. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 28, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 465 of the Biden-Harris administration, 191 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram. All the fun things happening on uh, my Instagram at the Bob Seska. All the serious things happening on my Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Okay, so David is uh, apparently barfing and pooping his way through uh, through some sort of stomach flu. So he's not here today. So we got to do this. Yeah. Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. God, I love this jingle. I'm going to talk with Seska. Yeah. And T-Rex some more. Not today. Not today. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing really blows with Jody on the show. Welcome, Jody. Jody Hamilton Hello, from the uh, From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also on the Stephanie Miller show every Tuesday, uh, stephaniemiller.com. Also at Free Speech TV, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so uh, I'm disappointed that David's not here because I wanted to brag in front of both of you, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to brag to you because uh, as I announced to Buzz on, on Tuesday's show, I have unlocked an achievement. Just as I was uh, hoping for a few weeks ago, we talked about this a little bit. I was on the Mary Trump show. Yeah, yeah I got to got to be on the Mary. Is that too much? I'm, I don't know. I'm not jealous at all. No, not even a little bit. Nope, not one bit. No, 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 no. Yeah, she does a show called Strategy Sessions, which is a live show on YouTube, mm-hmm. etc. And mm-hmm. I got to be on with Mary. I got to be on with A.G. from Muller, She Wrote, Allison Gill. Right on. And I got to be on with the great Wajahat Ali, who you wow. might have seen on MSNBC or read his book. And, so, you know, and in fact, Wajahat and I were almost finishing each other's sentences. We were like an old married couple where I was saying something and then I would finish up and then Wajahat would jump in. I'd be like, Oh my God, I was just going to add that thing. And so <laughs> it was it was weird because I've never talked to him before. I've never met him before, but it seemed like, uh, yeah, we were definitely on the same page with a whole bunch of shit, including uh, 
the Democrats going after the Republicans for their lack of patriotism. I think we were all in agreement on that. But the whole idea of that show, Jody, was uh, for all of us to just get together and figure out what's wrong with the Democrats today. Well, yeah, because the Republicans are in disarray. So how is that bad for Biden? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said one of the first things I said on the show was. My God, what a week to not have Eric Bollert around. No shit. For the lack of Republicans in disarray reporting, uh, if no other reason. I mean, obviously there's lots of other reasons, but that would be a prime one. If Eric were still around this week, I think he would have published several things so far on the Republicans just backstabbing and throwing each other under the bus and all of these tapes showing they were, uh, or uh, text messages. Plus, I've calculated the length of time it requires for Republican spines to go from regular human bone material to liquid. So the length of time it takes for a a Republican spine to liquefy, (laughs) three days. (laughs) Between... Uh, January 10th, when Kevin McCarthy was getting ready to uh, call Donald Trump and say, hey, look, there's a 25th Amendment thing on the table. Looks like it could pass here in Congress. So you might want to resign. And then three days later, the impeachment vote happens and Kevin McCarthy votes against impeaching Trump for the insurrection. So that was it. It was just like within three days, liquefaction of uh, Kevin McCarthy's spine. So scientists It's like now- trying to get into the middle of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> exactly right. Yep, just three days for it to yeah, completely wow. turn to water. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever spooge. I think it's the same spooge that, that, that Ted Cruz is covered <laughs> Ew, with. gross. Ted is Cruz it Santorum? Is-, is it made of Santorum? <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. I did. I told you I'd be saucy and spicy. Jody. Yes. Oh, spicy Jody. That's right. <laughs> everyone everyone loves spicy Jody. Uh, hey, by the way, let's check in with uh, uh, T-Rex. See how T-Rex is doing. How you doing, T-Rex? <laughs> oh, there he goes. Oh, uh, uh, poor baby. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't really feel good today. No. Uh, so let's see. Where do we start today, Jody? Um, how can we avoid this? I know Stephanie was all over it this morning with the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes (laughs) music, which was awesome, of course. But apparently Trump was worried about lethal fruit killing him. And I didn't misspeak. The word is fruit. Yeah. Obviously, this is a bullshit excuse for something else. We'll get to that in just a second. But in his uh, testimony... Um, case alleges Trump directed his security guards to attack protesters outside Trump Tower in 2015. So he's uh, being deposed over this. And Trump worried that, quote unquote, dangerous fruits could be flung at him by protesters, (laughs) according to the newly released excerpts from his sworn deposition. Uh, He said, it's very dangerous stuff. (laughs) You can get killed with those things. And you brought up a good point before the show. You said, "Well, it's if it's a coconut, maybe." Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was. I was. At the, I want to say it was the Mauna Kea Hotel in Kona. Oh yeah. In 1982, and mm. the only reason I think it was the Mauna Kea and not the Kona Hilton because I had friends that uh, their parents ran the Kona Hilton. Yeah. The reason I say it was the Mauna Kea because I seem to recall I had an Ovaltine froth that day, and they only made them there. <laughs> um, it's the world's greatest milkshake. Anyway, Yummy. um, yeah. it's really good. Um, <laughs> but I was walking in, uh, getting. Tw- towards the beach actually at the hotel yeah. and I just stopped for no apparent reason mm-hmm. and a good maybe 10 inches in front of me, boom, <laughs> coconut. 
That's so funny. That's like it would have killed me. I mean, it was it was it was not a right. It was it it could have killed me. I mean, there's no doubt. Something made me stop. I might have heard it without realizing I heard it, but I stopped, and it was maybe ten inches in front of me. Hit the ground. Did not even crack open. It was that hard. Yeah, usually that's the kind of thing you see in a cartoon or like yeah. a, a Three Stooges short or something like mm-hmm. that. But or Tom never... and Jerry or Itchy and Scratchy or something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, Jody Hamilton's cartoon life in Hawaii mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. this fall. Yeah, but so, so if someone threw a uh, a coconut at Donald Trump, I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone actually do Nobody that. Nobody should. But if if you did. I mean, that could cause a, a good little shiner there on his head. Good little bump. Well, I mean, George uh, Bush is nimble. He, he even got away from shoes being thrown at him. <laughs> yes, so. that's right, which I was very, very impressed by. Yeah, that, his, he was very fast. Was yes, like, oh. such great reflexes. Yeah. Uh, the attorney asked him, this guy, Benjamin Dichter, which yeah, I, right. I wish that was my uh, last name. I wish I was Bob Dichter. Oh, uh, maybe I'll take that as my new radio name. Uh, Instead of Dick Pinch? That's right. I'm going to be Dichter. I'm going to be Dr. Dichter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Johnny Dichter. (laughs) David's not even here, and I'm getting silly. I don't know why. (laughs) It's not me. It's me. It's got to be me. (laughs) So this attorney asked Donald Trump, and you said that if you see someone getting ready to throw a tomato, just knock the crap out of them. Would you? That was your statement, asked attorney Benjamin Dichter. And then Trump answered, oh, yeah, it was very dangerous. What was very dangerous, the lawyer asked. We were threatened, Trump replied. With what, the lawyer asked. They were going to throw fruit, Trump said of protesters at the rally in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We were threatened. We had a threat. Trump did this a lot, where he was saying, okay, yeah, knock the crap out of the protesters. I'll pay your legal fees, which he never would have done, by the way. Mm-hmm. The lawyer followed up, how did you become aware that there was a threat that people were going to throw fruit? Trump answered, we were told. I thought Secret Service was involved in that, actually, but we were told. There he goes repeating himself again. He does that a lot. And you get hit with fruit. It's no, it's very violent stuff. We were on alert for that. Here the lawyer clarified for the record. A tomato is a fruit, after all, I guess, he asked the former president. And you know what, Trump continued, but he was quickly interrupted, the transcript shows. The lawyer held a brief side discussion on tomatoes. (laughs) Were they fruit or vegetables? Technically, they are fruit, aren't they, Jody? Do you... Do, do you know, um, do you have confirmation of that? You know, because of how it grows, it can be considered both. Okay. All right. I had always a thought. Tomato, I've always thought it was a fruit, but then other people, you know, because it grows on, how it grows instead of, yeah. it grows on a vine or what, however it grows is vegetable-like versus fruits, which are on trees. So it's a whole, but it has seeds like a fruit versus vegetables. That It's a whole. Yeah. It's it a whole depends on who you talk to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't bring it up on Twitter. Otherwise it's going to be no, a God, five no. day shovel fight. Chefs about... will get on your case. They will just yeah, get on yeah. your case. And I'm already seeing the comments erupting on Patreon <laughs> under this right. episode. Like it's a fruit, Bob. It's no, it's a vegetable. Right. Exactly. We're, you know what? On the show here today, we're going with fruit because I had okay. heard that it's, I'm a, with you. it's a fruit. So we're, we're sticking with fruit. And uh, so the conversation continues. Were they fruit or vegetables? It has seeds, offered attorney Jeffrey L. Goldman, there to represent Trump's campaign, also a defendant in the lawsuit. (laughs) So the lawyer is also a defendant. Trump broke in. It's worse than tomato. It's other things also. 
He doesn't say a tomato or the tomato. He just says tomato. That's exactly like James Austin Johnson on Saturday Night Live. Remember he was talking about Easter last week or the week before? He's like, we love bonnet. We love basket, too. We love basket. Bunny, bunny, basket, (laughs) bonnet. He's saying that about tomato. It's worse than tomato. It's other things also, he said, according to the transcript. But tomato, when they start doing that stuff, it's very dangerous. There was an alert out that day. Dichter then asks, who were you speaking to when you said the audience, Trump answered. So you were speaking to the audience when you said if they saw someone getting ready to throw a tomato, just knock the crap out of them. Would you? Dichter asked. Mm -hmm. That was to the audience, Trump answered. It was said sort of in jest, but maybe, you know, a little truth to it. It's very dangerous stuff. You can get killed with those things. Dichter asked, so you were trying to incentivize people to engage in violence. Objection, said the campaign's lawyer. Trump, <laughs> Trump answered anyway, because of course he did. Of course. His lawyer is trying to help him, and Trump's like, no, 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 I'll take this. I'll do it. Yeah. No, I wanted to have people be ready because we were put on alert that they were going to do fruit. <laughs> they were going to do fruit, he said. If there's How any- does one do fruit? <laughs> I, I just- don't know. I mean, do you wear a condom? Do you do you have to? When you're know. when you're doing fruit. <laughs> is that like the furry thing that Travis and Chris yes, were which, is it like you're when you do furry things versus doing fruit? Yes. I, I don't understand. By the way, that made today's episode of the Stephanie Miller Show the greatest <laughs> episode of the Stephanie Miller Show ever. I love when someone calls in. I got, I got a question for Chris about furries, and Chris is like, I'm not an expert in furries. Why are you asking? Me? <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. And some fruit is a lot worse than tomatoes are bad, by the way. That's a weird fucking sentence. That is weird. But then he said, but it's very dangerous. No, the former president continued, I wanted them to watch. They were on alert. I remember that specific event because everyone was on on alert. They were going to hit, they were going to hit hard (laughs) with the very dangerous fruit. They were, you know, Jody, they were going to do fruit. Dichter then asked, do you have any knowledge as to whether or not anybody was found to have tomatoes in their possession on that date? Trump said he didn't know. No tomatoes were thrown. He said, still, it was a serious threat. Trump continued. (laughs) God, this guy is so far up his own ass, so desperate to play the victim in all of this. Mm -hmm. Like he's really trying to amplify the dangers of fruit throwing. In order to justify the fact that he was telling his audience of crazy fucking red hats to Mm -hmm. knock the crap out of anyone who decides to throw fruit (laughs) at Donald Trump. And by the way, I was uh, reading this story earlier, and I wanted to imagine Donald Trump actually being hit by thrown fruit. So let's let's imagine how that would sound. Let's say right in the middle of saying... Troth central, he gets hit by fruit. Troth, truth, central. There, see, that's what it would sound like if he had been hit hit with fruit. WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. Yeah, see, what's a one more? Let's see. I know words. I have the best. <laughs> Donald Trump being hit by dangerous fruit. It's only imagining it, children. Do not throw anything at the former president of these United States. It yes, is, indeed. The Bob Seska show does not condone throwing fruit. I got to hear it one more time. One more time. Truth, <laughs> truth, sent. Oh. Oh. There. 
Okay, so I had some fun with that. Let's get into some serious things here. Uh, Donald Trump's red hats, or at least one guy has attempted to hack into voting systems. Uh, Says here, according to Reuters, Trump diehards are taking the law into their own hands by attempting with some success to compromise the voting systems in various states. Previously, unreported surveillance video captured one such effort in August in the rural Colorado town of I'm going to botch this name of this town. Kiowa, Kiowa, K-I-O-W-A, Kiowa. Maybe it's Kiowa. Kiowa is how I would pronounce it, yeah. Footage obtained by Reuters through a public records request shows Elbert County Clerk Dallas Schrader, or Schroeder, the county's top election official, fiddling with cables and typing on his phone as he copied computer drives containing sensitive voting information. Schroeder slash Schrader, a Republican, later testified that he was receiving instructions on how to copy the system's data from a retired Air Force colonel and political activist bent on proving Trump lost because of fraud. That day, August 26, Schrader made a, quote, forensic image of everything on the election server, according to his testimony, and later gave the cloned hard drives to two lawyers. Schrader is now under investigation for possible violation of election laws by the Colorado Secretary of State which has also sued him seeking the return of the data, which is, by the way, he's been copied about a thousand times by now. If he's given it to anybody, it's out there, and I don't know if they're ever going to be able to claw it back. Um, so Schrader is defying the state demand and has refused to identify one of the lawyers who took possession of the hard drives. The other is a private attorney who works as an activist backed by Mike Lindell. Shocking. The pillow mogul and election conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So this is uh, immensely dangerous. Um, I mean, yeah. it may be limited, but I think we have to operate under the assumption that red hats from coast to coast are actively trying to hack into some of these uh, voting systems in order to not only get uh, a sense of what they think was stolen <laughs> in 2020, even though there's zero evidence of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, every time this comes up, is there any like legitimate reporting around this? You know, I, I, Jody, I'll go back to Trump Russia and how uh, we were all pretty certain, and I think with good reason, and has uh, been confirmed by the facts that there was collusion between members of the Trump campaign and Russians linked to Vladimir Putin. See also Paul Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik and Oleg Deripaska and all those familiar names. And uh, we knew that because there was copious, credible reporting happening all around it. I mean, top shelf reporters were uh, delivering all kinds of stories for a good long time about the Trump-Russia thing. And I don't see any of that happening with 2020 because there was nothing. In fact, in Arizona, with Donald Trump's own uh, forensic audit of the vote in Maricopa County, uh, Joe Biden gained more votes. Yeah, he got another 300 votes or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they're really clinging to this because they're so devoted to their ridiculous, bloated, pumpkin-headed messiah that they refuse to believe that he could possibly lost to Joe Biden. And that's, I think, the center of where this conspiracy theory comes from. They're just confounded by the fact that they lost and it was Donald Trump's fault for losing. 
That's a component of this that uh, I think gets lost in the conversation, that the reason Donald Trump lost so badly to Joe Biden uh, almost two years ago was because he was a terrible, terrible president who botched the response to a pandemic, who mm-hmm. cheated in the election at least twice, uh, who was just ripping the country to shreds and people were sick of his shit. I think primarily people were just sick of him being in their living rooms every goddamn night and, and for the rest of us all day long as well, those of us who follow politics. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, that was the response to it. But the Red Hats can't comprehend that it was because their candidate just sucks. Well, and and my my question is (laughs) the, the States where he lost, uh, that there was a potential question were run by Republicans Mm -hmm. and he was the head of the Republican party and the head of the, the federal government. So if there was a fix in, he did it really badly. Yes, he did. He was, uh, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad, bad. They do everything wrong. The, the dumbest crooks in the history of dumb crooks. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh. Their MO is to find something that seems hinky if they don't give all the details and then extrapolate that and see, see, here's proof. But it's well, they not. should just talk to Mark Meadows, you know, yeah. I mean, with his when he voted potentially three different states. So, I mean, there's <laughs> right? your problem. I, the evidence that we have for election fraud, for voter fraud, all points back to the Republicans. And yep. it's it's real evidence. There are, mm-hmm. are real criminal dockets that are being assembled through all of this, whether it's Fulton County, whether it's the discovery that uh, Mark Meadows was, uh, as he said, was registered to vote in three different states, for God's sake. And there's nothing wrong with being registered to vote, mind you, in three different states, because if you move, yeah, you don't call the previous, because I had a friend of mine, she's like, well, my husband's still registered in California, and it's like, well, it's his job to tell California yeah, that's he's good point. not registered. Um, so, I mean, being registered in three states is not a crime mm-hmm. by any stretch. Of, it's but voting in there yeah. <laughs> or registering and not living there. That's right. not legal. Right. Uh, which was, I believe, his North Carolina thing. He didn't live there. So you can't register to vote in a state where you don't live. Yeah. No. Mark Meadows did not live in a mobile home on Scaly right. Mountain. Uh, sorry. The chief <laughs> exactly. of staff doesn't live in a place like that. Uh because he's got money. He doesn't have to live in a place like that. But it's convenient for voter registration purposes to uh, scam the system. There you go. Uh, suffice to say, though, they're also doing all of this. This hacking operation is going on so they can prepare for uh, 2024 or even this year, for exactly. that matter. So they, if they're in there, it's so amazing. Here we are after the Trump-Russia situation and the Republicans are kind of doing what we accused Russia of doing before it was actually dispelled. I mean, we we do have evidence, at least some confirmation from the intelligence community, that Russia didn't actually hack voting systems in right. 2016. What they did was they changed minds before people went out to vote. So that was right. their interference. They flooded the zone with disinformation. And that convinced a lot of people to uh, to vote with the way they did. That's how Donald Trump was. Or just to stay home. So there, we need to keep an eye on this. Uh, And I'm sure Reuters is going to stay on top of that. Meantime, Trump was found in contempt uh, by the Manhattan Supreme Court. You know what? I think I I feel like I talked about this on Tuesday. But ten thousand dollars a day. Do you think ten thousand dollars a day uh, is enough? No. No. In fact, the problem with that, because that I think is a maximum that people can be fined 
for contempt of court in most states, if not all of them. The problem is, is people like a Donald Trump who have access or do or actually have money. He has access to money. He doesn't actually have money. Right. Um, that's he, he could sit on that for 10 years and not bat an eye because the rubes are going to he'll you know, if he, even if he didn't have rubes already, he'd just do GoFundMe and they would fund it. Oh, yeah. Um, but people like you and me, $10,000 a day, is, you're done. Well, he's got Save America Pack. So as long as yeah, Save America Yeah, I mean, America he can Pack. dip into his money or other people's money as long as the day is. And so $10,000 a day for him is nothing. I know. Let's go get Mar-a-Lago. Have you heard anything along the lines of cooperation? Has he uh, no. decided to cooperate since then? Oh, God, no. I don't think no, so. No, no, no. Money doesn't mean anything to him. It never has. Okay. Because he's never really had to worry about it. And um, with people from Deutsche Bank just dropping dead everywhere, he really doesn't have to worry about them anymore. Um, you heard about the guy that was found here, right, in L.A.? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that coming up yeah. here on the show. Absolutely. But, uh, it's, it's people like him. If they're fined $10,000 a day, it's nothing. Yeah. We need to up it to, so that it's a percentage of the person's income so that it matters to people that are uber wealthy. Like it would matter to me. I can't afford $10,000 a day. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. I wouldn't even have to. I wouldn't even be a half a day's fined before I'd be showing up to the court. I wonder how long he's going to let that go on. I mean, in perpetuity, is it going to be like $10,000 a day is how much? 365 days. It's a few million dollars in a year. He can yeah. afford that. I mean, are we going to be sitting here in October going, yeah, did Trump ever agree to testify? Do you ever he agree won't. to cooperate? It's, he won't unless they start, you know, um, they have to seize assets for people like him. They don't just find him cash money because he can blow through $10,000 in a day and not even think about it. Yeah. Oh, boy, that would be fun if there was an asset forfeiture situation. That's what I think they should do for super wealthy people. Yeah. Oh, my God. They just start We're going to seize Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> exactly. Garner whatever income he's got. Yeah. Uh, Garner his wages, you know, like you would any normal human being. $10,000 a day, the average person, even relatively wealthy people, won't afford. Yeah. Um, but somebody in his position, you start garnering his income. Okay. So Mar-a-Lago, how much does he make a month? All right. We're going to take 95% of that until he shows up to court. Right. Right. Or Trump tower, just go to Trump tower Trump and tower, start anything. seizing. Yeah. I mean, does he even have a residence in Trump tower? Is that gold penthouse still even oh, there? Oh no, no. In New York, he's, he doesn't live there anymore. Right. I, I didn't think so. I think he, he has, I think he gave that. I don't know if he gave up the, the licensing rights to the building, but, um, I know that he doesn't, he doesn't live in New York anymore, that's for sure. Yeah, that's so strange. I wonder, though, if he still keeps it for when he visits New York and then stays up in that ridiculous garish penthouse of his, that nouveau right. riche piece of shit, that nightmare on the top floor. No of clue whatsoever, and it is a horror. My mom used to have an apartment in that building years ago, and it was a fucking money pit, so. Oh, wow. Was she on uh, one of the uh, floors that don't exist? You know, one of the floors that uh, Trump inflated no. to make it seem like Trump Tower is taller than it is? I don't know. No, you could actually stand upright. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> was it, it wasn't like John Malkovich's brain or anything, but <laughs> I was um, say, yeah, uh, no, it's, um, uh, I remember I was there once mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, shit, my house is 10 times almost, not yeah. 10 times, but much bigger than that little piece of shit apartment was. And it was just, it was a money pit. There were problems with the plumbing. There was problems with all sorts of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and she was very upset about it. And it's like, she, she goes, I feel bad. I'm upset. You know, it's like rich people problems. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. you bought into a building that should not be having these problems. By the way, happy birthday to your mom. Yeah, she is uh, 39. This she's is? she's mm -hmm. 17 because we add the numbers together. <laughs> yeah. 
figure out which numbers. Yeah. And um, uh, she actually, this evening, she will be performing in Chicago. So I don't know if any stuff heads are going to her show tonight or not, but she is performing in Chicago. She's doing her Q&A in Chicago tonight. Um, you haven't said anything to me, but I found it fascinating that your mom showed up at Bob Odenkirk's Hollywood Walk of Fame star ceremony. The other day, uh-huh. yeah. Well, this- she's friends with Vince yeah. and uh, the producer and creator of uh, Breaking Bad and Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. Yeah. And she's a huge Breaking Bad fan and a huge Better Call Saul fan, so uh, there she was. See, that's my next an- achievement to unlock. Watching an episode of Better Call Saul with your mom. I, I just That would be it's like one of those things that I just imagine. And uh, maybe I'll do that next Monday. I'll just imagine that. I'll pretend that Kimberly is actually your mom, Carol Burnett. And Should just- I send wigs? <laughs> yes, please do. Wigs. Send me the uh, Mama's Family wig, if, if that's still laying uh, The Eunice wig? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. the Eunice wig would even be better. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Send you the Eunice yeah, wig. I, I, God, that's an awful hairdo. <laughs> Kimberly, can you put this on? I'm gonna you pretend, put this on, honey. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm Tim Conway with the hearing aid and the baseball hat. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Hart. That was his character's name, Mickey Hart. <laughs> okay, uh, so the next thing here is the economy apparently receded by uh, 1.4% in the first quarter of uh, 2022, uh, which is the worst uh, quarter since the pandemic. And when you say the worst quarter since the pandemic, it kind of fails to underscore the disaster that the economy was in when the pandemic started, that uh, Donald Trump made worse by just not responding to the pandemic at all. This is uh, not good on the surface, but it's 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 well, yes, it has shrunk, but. According to economists, it's a blip based on supply chain issues because people are spending money. Yes. People are going out. We went from 14% unemployment two years ago to 3.6% unemployment right now. People yeah. are still getting hired. Um, I mean, the unemployment, I think last month's unemployment was like 180,000 people were collecting oh, yeah. Yeah. initial benefits, which is like better than full employment, really, because 4% is considered full employment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a blip and it has to do with Shanghai and, and China shutting down, which is why we should start making things here. Yes. Um, yeah. And part of the reason that the Biden administration wants to give, I believe it's a half a billion dollars to U.S. farmers for wheat production so we don't have food shortages due mm-hmm. to the Ukraine war. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is something that when we came, when we came out of World War II, there was inflation and there were problems oh, and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah. So we were coming out of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Right. And meantime, Moody's is kind of seeing some positive aspects yeah. to all of this. They said, uh, and this is via New York Times' Blake Council, despite slower growth this year than last, the economy should be near full employment and inflation should slow by the end of the year. So that's all, that's good news. And in fact, some people, some economists are saying, yes, we're beyond full employment. Yeah, we are. We're at full capacity. Yeah, most people, most people, it's like 4% is considered, 4% unemployment is considered full employment. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, Jody, on this show, uh, the three of us were talking about the housing crisis. And I was thinking in terms of housing prices right now, which if you have, a, if you already own a home, uh, house values are going through the roof. So that. Oh, yeah. If you want to sell, go ahead. Yeah, I that's mean, that's that ridiculous. Improves your equity and all the rest of it. 
that isn't the centerpiece of the housing crisis you guys were talking about. The housing crisis, which is very, very real, has to do with prices going up. And then there's very little inventory right now in terms of new homes. But also renters are being edged out. And I'm I'm seeing that firsthand. Uh, I think I mentioned here on Tuesday, our rent is set to go up by like 26%. And so we were in the process of considering a move here this past week, which is why I've been so blah all over the place right. this week. Just been mentally out to lunch because we're thinking, oh, shit, we got to fucking move. Uh, we're not going to move. After all, we're going to stay another year where we are right now. But uh, in the process of thinking about moving, contemplating a move, looking at some of the comps and rentals here in, in the area, Oh my God, the prices are insane. And not in a good way. Not like uh, right. cra- Crazy Larry or whatever that is. Uh, cra- what is that guy who says Crazy are- Eddie? Crazy Eddie, yes. <laughs> the prices are insane. Yeah, not in a good way. It's very bad. There are a lot of people who are going to get edged out of even the rental market when yeah. they see these rates. I mean, two bedroom places in the DC area are just. Oh my God, I was shocked to see how much the rates had gone up based not just on our search, but on the fact that we got a notice in the mail saying that as soon as the COVID emergency ends, your rent's going to go up by 26%. It's like, God damn, that's a huge, huge increase. It's almost punitive. A friend of mine posted just for New York City. Yeah. <laughs> the average rent for New York City in the has just gone up one bedroom apartment and a, and a, one bedroom apartment in New York City, you're lucky if you've got 600 square feet. I mean, that's a huge apartment. Yeah, okay? yeah. Williamsburg, New York, 49.66 a month. Hi, baby cat. Is oh a 33% entry. Oh no, it gets worse. Now, what's funny is the Upper West Side is $300 less a month, but at 46.19, but that's an 85% increase. And in Chelsea, which is a great part of town, yeah. increase at $6,648 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. Oh, my God. Now, see, that, that someone has to do something about that. And yeah, that's insanity. That's yeah. that's wrong. Yeah. They need to put in some form of rent stabilization as a yeah. law. And fortunately, we have something along those lines uh, here in Montgomery County, Maryland, where there was a law passed that goes along with the COVID emergency that says uh, you can't raise rents any higher than, I think this year, it's 0.4%. Right. And it's not technically rent control. Right. Uh, which they have. I think the only place there's rent control is in Tacoma Park, Maryland. But uh-huh. every place else, uh, at least here in Montgomery County, they have guidelines for rents right. based on the consumer price index and, and the rate of inflation and the cost of living. And they calculate a number and come up with that. And so that, I mean, maybe do that in places like New York City. I'm not holding my breath because whenever someone tries it, all of the owners, all of the uh, uh, landlords and so on get together and just get out the torches and pitchforks and go to whatever city council meeting they need to go to to say, stop it, leave us alone. Well, and that's the thing, like here in Los Angeles, I told you about the house down the street from me Yeah. Um, when it was sold because mm-hmm. the cat that lives with us used to live there. Yeah. And when Steve sold his house and he moved to Vegas, he sold it. Uh, for what the market value is here, which is still stupidly high. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, thank God, his real estate broker ended up, he personally bought the house and he fixed it up instead of tearing it down. Thank you, yeah. Brian, for doing that. Hmm. But he was renting it for $16,000 a month. 
Oh my God. That's insane. And that's just, that's, ins- I mean, I know the size of the house. It doesn't even have a pool. Um, and it's, oh, it's the God. same size house that I have. It doesn't have a pool. It's a corner house. So it's slightly larger property, but not much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, let's see. Okay. Say so he paid uh, a little over a million dollars for the house. So I know that his property taxes are about $15,000 a year, which is insanely high, mind yeah. you, but it's still about 1% of the value of the home, which is low. And it only goes up about that much a year. That's mm-hmm. proposition 13 that passed in the late seventies. Yeah. And so basically, okay, so say, you know, I'm trying to figure out how much money he would have put down on it. He did fix that. He put a new roof on it and did a lot of work and da, da, da. I'm just like $8,000 a month seems excessive to me, but that yeah. might be covering it, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, holy, I mean, I look at my, uh, to me, it's like, whatever your mortgage is, you shouldn't be able to rent the place for more than one and a half times your mortgage. I mean, they need to put some sort of controls in place for all yeah. of this. But in the, in the meantime, we were looking at some of the economic forecasts for the housing market and they are kind of forecasting that either, and nothing's going to happen this year. Housing values are going to keep going up this year for 2022. Right. Next year, housing values and subsequently rents and so on uh, will either start to recede a little bit or the rate of increase will slow quite a Hopefully, bit. Hopefully, because so, this is yeah. insane. It's just, I mean, I, a, a friend of mine who lived in Nashville for two years, mm-hmm. he left to L.A. and then moved back two years later, and where he used to live, yeah. his rent had quadrupled. Right. In two years. God damn. That's incredible. Yeah, we, we got very lucky in terms of where we ended up living. And, and if you want to know one of the reasons why we haven't moved to L.A. or anything like that, it's, I know, it, it's very fucking expensive. Yes, <laughs> exactly fucking right. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, right now, for me, it's a matter of just waiting for the housing market to kind mm-hmm. of level off again. Because yeah. there was a period of time this week where I was like, what, do, I ne- do I need to buy something? Is that how we get mm-hmm. out of this? Do I?" And I was thinking, oh, that would be a huge mistake to buy now. Because I feel right. like I'd be buying at the height, at the top of the market which is yeah. just a horrible way to invest. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't go down that road either. We're just going to stay put, but we'll be back in this crisis again a year from now, which I'm Yeah, not I mean, I was to. lucky when I bought my house, it was a buyer's market. I mean, yeah. my, my mortgage interest rate was huge because I didn't ask my mom to help me with co-signing the loan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was mm. only $98 more a month than my rent had been. Oh, okay. That's not bad. For my mortgage. So it was yeah. like, Okay. Yeah, and I just I can't deal with these constant uh, years of living on tenterhooks. Like, oh my God, yeah. are they going to raise the rent again this year and again next year and again after the year after that? And that's where you really become incentivized to buy something. And I think a lot of people are going through the same thing. And that's what's probably going to ease back on housing yeah. prices and rents and so on, because people are now flooding to whatever they can get for the least amount of money they can pay. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's uh, gonna. Uh, shove things along here a little bit but you know what are, are you a gambler jody do you like to wager do you like to bet on things no no neither am i i'm not into gambling at all but i'd wager that you listening right now if you have credit cards you're probably paying around 20 percent interest on your credit card debt if you're also making just minimum payments every month it's going to take years and years to pay off those cards so why not spare yourself that ongoing nightmare those balances the sleepless nights and just refinance your credit cards into a super low interest rate and here's how with 
Lightstream. You can roll all of your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's way, way lower than most credit cards. I bet it's way lower than the 19, 20% you're paying now. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees. The application is 100% on the internet and you can even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day you apply in some cases. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience and that's exactly what they're going to deliver. And just for my listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sesca. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash C-E-S-C-A. Link in the description under this episode at bobsesca.com. Subject to credit approval rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for more information. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! Show me who to blame In the dark, let me bring the flame Make it lighter for you, I make it brighter for you. Oh, yeah, one of our faves here on the show. This is a great Yona Marie. Yet another single that's knocking my socks off. This song is called I'm Still Loyal. Yeah, coming close to the end of our Black Recording Artist Month here on the show. We got an indie music countdown this weekend. I'm I'm thinking like Monday. I think the Indie Music Countdown is uh, is best on Monday this week. So I think that's what we're going to do. Okay, getting back into things here. I'm sure, Jody, you saw what uh, Dr. Fauci said this week yeah. about COVID, which, of course, is being misinterpreted right. <laughs> uh, as, oh, yes, the pandemic's over. That's not what he said. He said, we're really in a transitional phase from a deceleration of the numbers into hopefully a more controlled phase and endem- em- endemicity. And 
Endemicity? Endemicity, that's it. Endemicity. Okay. Endemic, because there, there is no, I think it's misspelled here in the Washington Post article. There's no N in there. Well, there's a one N, but there, it's missing the second N. So it endemicy? says- Endemicy? That doesn't sound endemic, right. Endemicity. It looks like it says- That doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right to me either. So uh, suffice to say, though, he says we're in a, in a transitional phase. However, he added- the world is still in a pandemic. There's no doubt about that. Don't anybody get any misinterpretation of that. We are still experiencing a pandemic. Guess who forgot to leave that part as uh, everybody part of the quote? Yes, most of the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking about the cable news people and so on. You know, some of the uh, things on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, it's here in this Washington Post piece, but that gets buried. And in fact, you see the headline of the Post piece, which is this. U.S. no longer in full-blown pandemic phase, Fauci says. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> not no. what he said. But that was the headline. What are you doing, Washington Post? For God's sake. The world is still in a pandemic. That's what I'm going to read this again. There's no doubt about that. Don't anybody get any misinterpretation of that. We're still experiencing a pandemic. Fauci's comments on the end of the pandemic phase could easily be misinterpreted, said Andrew Neumer, an epidemiologist at the University of California at Irvine. Quote, there's still a lot of moving parts here. I don't disagree with what Fauci said, but as soon as I heard it, I figured it would be wildly misinterpreted by your average member of the public. Thank you, doctor, because that's exactly what's happened. Any little thing to justify done with COVID. They're going to go for, right? Yep. And of course, we both hope, we all hope that the pandemic will end quickly. I just, I so resent this idea uh, that we're somehow addicted to the pandemic. Nothing pisses me off more than seeing accusations. Oh, you're just, you're just addicted to this, Bob. Oh, yeah. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Are you out of your fucking minds? That is the dumbest fucking thing. Addicted to a pandemic. I will tell you this. The pandemic is keeping my rent low. <laughs> I mean, there, there is, you go. I, I mean, I'm not incentivized by that to hope for more of a pandemic. But as I said to Buzz, maybe people should stop wearing masks so we can pay lower rent. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, not to be doom and gloom. But the central issue is that we do not know whether the virus will spawn new variants capable of eroding the protection from vaccines and therapeutics. This is Columbia University epidemiologist Jeffrey Shaman uh, this past Wednesday. Over the coming years, we will gain a better sense of that capacity. Oh, yeah. And I noticed this on Twitter the other day. Author Susan Orlean. Uh, mm-hmm. tweeted. You remember her from, uh, she was played by uh, uh, Meryl Streep in the movie Adaptation, the Nicolas Cage right, movie right, right. Adaptation. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so she tweeted, uh, and don't believe the it's no worse than a cold. Apparently she has COVID. I feel re- really sick and I'm boosted and vaxxed. So lots of people are getting it. Kamala Harris got it this week. Uh, what was the controversy about her? Why are people freaking out about Kamala Harris? Did she take an aspirin or something like no, that? No, she's Why? taking the she's taking the um, Pfizer drug that's an antiviral that you're sp- apparently you're only supposed to take if you're symptomatic. But I you see. know what? She's the fucking vice president. Yeah, you know, there's a national security concern here. Yeah, morons. I have no problems with her taking it, even though it's not. It's a little off label. Yeah. Right. Right. 
per, but it's also under emergency use still. So mm -hmm. I say, give it to her, give it to the president. God forbid he gets it. Give it to anybody in the cabinet that gets it. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm fine with her being asymptomatic and getting that that drug. So if you'll indulge me for a second, I need to imagine Donald Trump being hit by fruit. So let's uh, dig into my imagination here. And <laughs> here we go. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. There we go. Thank you very much. Donald Trump being hit by dangerous fruit. So let's see what else is going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a Tennessee bill going through the state legislature there that will make it okay for teachers to misgender students. What? Yeah. I mean, God damn. This is their thing for 22. We're turning trans people into the evil devils, you know, t attacking our kids and trying to groom them and indoctrinate them, blah, 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 blah. We're scaring the shit out of parents is what we're doing. Tennessee HB 2633 is going to the Tennessee House for a full vote. If it passes, it will codify a quote-unquote right to misgender into Tennessee's legal framework. It will specifically protect teachers who wish to misgender their students in class. They're not talking about accidental misgendering here right they're saying yeah sure if you want to completely misgender one of your students feel free there's no ramifications that are going to come down as a result of that um so yeah more of this nonsense this awfulness that is uh for all intents and purposes making an oppressed demographic in this country even more oppressed for no reason yeah. what so fucking ever. <clears throat> I still don't know. What I mean, what's the justification? Is there any story? Have you seen any news item to come along from a, a news outlet that's not Breitbart or Alex right. Jones where teachers are indoctrinating students to become gay or trans or whatever? There was one news story, Jody, like seven years ago. Maybe it was eight years ago. It was a long time ago. And it was a story about a kindergarten teacher who was teaching her students how to use strap-on dildos. And we talked about I remember that. In fact, we made a dildo supercut of yeah. uh, Dan Badandi talking about that story. Strap-on dildos. Dildo. Dildo. It's a penis. Artificial penis. Dildos. Dildo. Dildo. <laughs> damn dildo. Strap-on dildos. Dildos. It's an artificial penis is what artificial. it is. Artificial. <laughs> I've never heard it referred to as an artificial penis before, but, but there it is. So that story turned out to be fake. Yeah. <laughs> it was completely a bogus made-up satire that uh, Paul Joseph Watson in the InfoWars universe of freaks and weirdos, uh, came up with, reported on it for Alex Jones's website, and then, of course, Dan Badandi had to repeat it with his dildo rant and his, his rant about artificial penises. Artificial. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only story. Is there anything else? Is there any legitimate reporting? I haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen it. It's not happening. Well, my question is, so uh, when you... Okay. If you are purposefully misgendered, it's like in the in the 60s when dudes started to grow their hair long. Yeah. So are we going to cut boys' hair that are certainly not trans girls, mm -hmm. but dudes with long hair? And then if girls have a short haircut, are we going to make them grow their hair out? I mean, oh, yeah. and, and can girls no longer wear pants? Right. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If, you're, if we're going to that extreme, yeah. I mean... Uh, 
It's you know what? There's no logic to this whatsoever, and I think uh, we deliberately frustrate ourselves when we try to find like like where are they getting this from? Well, they're not getting it from anywhere. This is just fantasy land to scare the mm-hmm. shit out of uh, a white you know middle class uh, parents. Right. You know, it's the same strategy as CRT. We talked about this before. It's the Virginia uh, strategy from last year spread out across the country for the midterms. So, oh, look, it worked out so well for Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. You know, Glenn Youngkin, whose son committed voter fraud. I'm just throwing that in there. Republican Glenn Youngkin. Mm -hmm. And so let's franchise this. Let's do this. And we need a new villain. Who's the latest monster? Who can we demonize that, you know, they don't really have enough numbers to fight back adequately. Oh, yeah, the trans community. Let's go Mm -hmm. after trans people. Because, oh, the weakest link. Let's punch down some more, which is like the Republican way. That's what they do. Uh, So, yeah, as far as I know, zero evidence of anything like this going on. And even if there was some sort of evidence, I'm sure it'd be anecdotal at best. So, meantime, uh, don't be fooled. Oh, you know what? I want to get back to this in just a second. I want to come back to Elon Musk in a second (laughs) in this social media rankings post. Uh, If you're pissed off at cable news and other very serious political analysts these days, here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this podcast. For just $5 per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. So we're giving back to you. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. And by the way, last Tuesday, this past Tuesday's Shadow Docket show, Buzz and I talked about some of our G. Gordon Liddy stories from when we both worked at WJFK where G. Gordon Liddy was and our interactions with him all pegged off of the new Julia Roberts miniseries called Gaslit. So you're also going to get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each show. All that for $5 per month, just pennies per show. So don't miss out. That's bobsuskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And I thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Bob Seska plays more music. You said you were going to work, but you were driving in 
another amazing song here from the great Dress. That's D-R-E-S underscore. Yeah, it's a song called Circles. Link in the description under this episode to support Dress. Also a link to support Yona Marie and her latest single, I'm Still Loyal. As I said, Indie Music Countdown coming up this month. Meantime, submit your music to bobseska.com slash music. Okay, getting back into our Thursday show here. Don't be fooled by Elon Musk's social media rankings post. This was uh, going viral over the last couple of days where he was uh, trying to underscore the fact that for some reason, Truth Social is the number one downloaded free app in the Apple App Store. And the reason for this is, well, there are a few explanations for this. The first explanation is, True Social is brand new. Twitter, not brand new. Most of the people who want to be on Twitter are on Twitter. So the rate mm-hmm. of growth is very slow, if at all. True Social is brand new. And uh, by the way, it, it barely works. And it's not the free speech uh, panacea. No, Roger you... Stone got kicked off, didn't he? Yeah. In fact, here's Donald Trump talking about True Social. Truth, truth, sent. <laughs> Oh, he just got hit by dangerous fruit right there. Um, so, yeah, true social number one. And the other reason is <laughs> I bet they're buying their downloads at true social. Maybe not oh, all probably. of their downloads. I think they're inflating. Don't you think, Jody? Don't you think yeah. they're inflating their downloads here? Sure. Yeah, because that's what they do. That's what Republicans have done for years and years and years, going back at least 50 years. They've been bulk buying books to amplify yeah. their status on the various bestseller lists, right? They're vanilla icing themselves. Yes, exactly. And I'm fairly certain that the same thing is happening with all of the Red Hat podcasts, that they're also buying oh, God, downloads, yeah. which oh, you can yeah. do. I mean, if you're well-financed enough, and let's be clear about this, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex is an extraordinarily well-financed operation. Yeah. I mean, it's a multi, I'm going to estimate, uh, at least a multi-million dollar in the hundreds of millions uh, 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 entertainment platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much money flooding through Red Hat Entertainment right now that it's not shocking to learn that guys like Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire podcast or Bongino or uh, whoever else, uh, uh, Steve Bannon, all the rest, are buying their downloads so that they can remain at the top of the charts. And by the way, they are at the top of the charts. Yep. I mean, Pod Save America is usually, a podca- I think it's Pod Save America and Serial are usually in the top five. Mm-hmm. But most of the rest of the top 10, top 20 are Red Hat podcasts. Whether you look at uh, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or any of the various podcast platforms, that's the sad truth of it. And I wonder if that's real and organic, or I wonder if that's artificially inflated. Like, who the fuck listens to Ben Shapiro for any longer I, than a couple I, of minutes? His voice is, is makes Laura Ingram sound lovely. Yeah, it's like listening to Morse code, but amplified like to uh, concert hall levels. Right. It, I don't know how people tolerate that voice. Or Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Ugh, the, that the, voice. Ugh. The talking adenoid. The talking head mm-hmm. cold. Uh, who listens to that guy for hours and hours on end? I mean, on the radio, it's a three-hour show. Yeah. In podcast form, it's maybe an hour. But even an hour is too, <laughs> too fucking long to tolerate those voices. Suffice to say... I, I wouldn't be shocked to learn that they're buying their shit. They're buying their downloads. They're buying their attention. They're buying their ranking. 
on top of the fact that I'm I'm already like bitter and resentful of the fact that there are quite a few podcasters who use like cognitive enhancers to make mm-hmm. them sound smarter and more erudite and more articulate than they are. See also Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I'm yeah. convinced of that. It's like using performance enhancing drugs to make you a, a better podcaster. And, uh, and so I have, yeah, I have lots of resentments, lots of uh, paranoid fantasies about my podcast competitors, <laughs> but I, I do, I, I hate the fact that here we are, we're supposed to be the, uh, the side of the aisle that is really wired into technology. And here the red hats have like at least half of the top 20 podcasts yeah. are red hat podcasts. At least usually it's a solid majority of them are. Depending. If you want to loop in some of the uh, not necessarily Red Hat podcasts, but just conservative podcasts. Like, I don't know if Crystal Ball is a Red Hat or not. Or what's I'm not it? sure with her. I, it, yeah. She's weird. I, I, I don't know what to think of her. Yeah. Um, is this coincidence? or Did they whack a guy to protect Trump and Deutsche Bank? Was this, Sounds like it. Yeah, you were talking about this earlier, Jody. Yeah. What is this story? Uh, this guy ended up dying and was found at a school, yeah, El Serena uh, High School? Uh, Woodward Wilson High, I believe. Um, yeah. Hold, please. Uh, yeah, his he, name is uh, uh, Valentine Valentine Brokschmidt. Brokschmidt, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, he, he was a whistleblower, apparently. Um, He's self-described as a comically terrible spy. Right. <laughs> he was declared dead at about 7.05 a.m. in the Woodrow Wilson High School campus off of the mm-hmm. 4500 block of Multnomah Street, according yeah, to I have no Multnomah. idea where that is. Yeah, according to Los Angeles County Coroner, officials have yet to release the cause of death pending an autopsy. But he was believed to have worked with federal authorities to investigate mm-hmm. the activities of Deutsche Bank and its ties to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The, uh, the final medical examiner's report is not expected until this summer, so it's going to be yeah. a while. Uh, Brokschmidt was last seen driving a red Mini Cooper on April 6, 2021, in Griffith right. Park on Riverside mm-hmm. Drive. Although mm-hmm. Brokesmith had gone missing, his Twitter account remained active. Friends and journalists claimed to stay in contact with him during his disappearance, with forensic news investigative journalist Scott Stedman tweeting that he last spoke with Brokesmith in January. Stedman wrote mm-hmm. that Brokesmith had given him, quote, Deutsche Bank documents that highlighted the bank's deep Russia connections. Mm-hmm. Quote, it's very sad, he added. I don't suspect foul play. Val struggled with uh, drugs on and off, waiting on further info. So there could be a, a rational explanation for this. But the fact that he's so linked to these nefarious bad actors yeah, uh, makes me uh, suspicious. Yeah. The LAPD said um, uh, one of the sergeants that was on scene said in, uh, it appeared that uh, Brooksmith uh appeared to be homeless, which is possible. Yeah. They're not expecting it to be foul play, but you know what? People fall on the glass a lot that are related to the Russians. They fall into bullets. Yes, they um, do. You know, <laughs> very clumsy, falling out of windows. Um, <laughs> so just because he appeared to be homeless, you know, I'm, I'm getting into Jim Ward territory at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's very, it is suspect that so many people related to Deutsche Bank have died. Yeah, it is. And th- this has been a thing. I seem to recall it is a thing. Like there are people yeah. connected with this bank and these investigations who have disappeared. 
but the Russia aspect of it is the thing that should give us all a bit of uh, right. concern here because, yeah, as you said, Russia is notorious for whacking these kinds of people, uh, yeah. el- eliminating the enemy as they see it. And uh, so it wouldn't shock me either if Donald Trump was in on that, was in on some sort of thing like that. Obviously, I've got no evidence along these lines. I'm merely right. speculating. This is merely my opinion, so don't fucking sue me. But we can't give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt on anything. I think what we always have to do is assume that he's done the worst possible thing and then disabuse ourselves as the facts come in. If the facts contravene that, then uh, then you roll it back. But in the meantime, I think it's it's fair to assume the worst from Donald Trump. I don't think he's given us any reason to not. So anyway, there's that story. Uh, Meantime, the White House is attempting to cobble together another narrower version of Biden's Build Back Better bill that would win Joe Manchin's support uh, ahead of the November election. So we'll uh, keep a close eye on that. I don't have great hope for (laughs) that actually uh, happening, but, you know, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. And, uh, And finally, another Republican has found a silver lining in rape. Oh, yeah, I heard her. This goes back to, what, Mordock and all those guys from a few years ago. Uh We're just like, yeah, I mean, rapes, you know, God's okay with rape. You know, (laughs) what's what's the big fucking deal, rape? (laughs) Well, this is Ohio Republican Representative Gene Schmidt who sparked outrage during a hearing on an abortion bill when she said, yeah, a hypothetical teenager traumatized by rape would have the, quote, opportunity to help that child become a productive human being. And here's the exact quote. It is a shame that it happens, but there is an opportunity for that woman, no matter how young or old she is, to make a determination about what she's going to do to help that life be a productive human being. Wow, this is a great opportunity. I mean, people aren't looking at rape the right way. They're trying to, they're seeing the cup half empty when they really should see the rape cup half full, right? Mm. shouldn't be that be the rule <laughs> yeah we want we want we want preteens and women in their 40s where it's super dangerous for either person to get pregnant right um uh, children uh that are that are barely starting in puberty their hips aren't wide enough yet i mean there's all sorts of pregnancy complications yes. for somebody that's too young let alone somebody in their late 30s 40s and possibly early 50s mm-hmm. getting pregnant not on purpose yeah um, and this is pregnancy can be very deadly. <laughs> yes. And so how dare she? How dare she? That's exact. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Jody, because that's exactly something that Dr. Leah Torres brings up on this show every time I have her on. And it's an important salient point to make. And I'm glad that she repeats it. And that is that pregnancy is a potentially deadly medical condition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all well and good to celebrate pregnancy and say, oh, this is so great. A baby's on the way. If, if you're inclined to believe that the baby being on the way is good news for your life. Right. But at the same time, it could kill you. Yes, and there's fact, blood pressure issues, potentially yes. toxic shock. There's so many things that, let alone an ectopic pregnancy, we won't even right, get to right, that. Right, but right. just a regular pregnancy that is that starts off normally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a friend of mine, his wife, when we were in college, um, she got pregnant and she was bedridden for seven and a half months Yeah, out of a 40 week gestation because every time she got up to do anything more than going to the bathroom, she would start to bleed. 
Yeah, and uh, for the, whatever it is, 300,000 years uh, Homo sapiens have walked the Earth, mm-hmm. for most of that time, up until maybe the last 70, 80 years, pregnancy was... Uh, dangerous. Uh, extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, a lot of times women didn't make it, the babies didn't make it. Up until recently, people would have multiple children and not become necessarily emotionally attached to their children, at least compared to how we do it today. Because they couldn't. They couldn't become emotionally attached to their newborns because there was this infant mortality problem, which there's still an infant mortality problem. Huge. This country is terrible with maternal yes. and, and infant results. This is We are really bad considering that we're a wealthy country. Right. But it used to be a hell of a lot worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, before modern medicine, it was just a, a goddamn bull- bloody nightmare. And so that was why, you know, you see a lot of people like you see old pictures of FDR, for example, when he was a child Mm -hmm. looking like he's wearing like a little girl's dress or something like that. Mm -hmm. They, I, I think a lot of parents didn't even name their children until they were out of the danger zone. And they would sometimes dress them in whatever they had because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to go out and invest in clothing or whatever for this child that could end up dying. And right. so that was the trend. That was the thing. And so I don't know. How do we get off on this? So suffice to say, pregnancy is a potentially deadly medical condition that you should have the right to terminate if you are frightened for any reason. I don't care why you're having one. Yeah. It's none of my fucking business. Right, right. And so what they would do, what the Republicans would do, what the uh, anti-choice movement would do is say, yeah, we're uh, against abortion, except in the cases of rape and incest. What it is is except for the cases when the woman doesn't want to have sex. Right. Right. But they have abandoned that. Oh, yeah. They've even abandoned that. They've even abandoned women getting pregnant violently. Right, right. But And what I'm saying is, that's putting us on our heels in terms mm-hmm. of the the reply argument, which is, I can't believe they're not making exceptions for rape and incest. Well, it should be much more than exceptions for rape and incest. It should extend all the way to your personal choice as exactly. a reason to get a, a, an abortion. So it's like they've, they've commandeered the debate and, mm-hmm. and made it on their terms and... Mm-hmm. I don't know that we figured out how to put it back on our terms. I don't know if we figured out how to seize the initiative. And it's healthcare. Yeah. It's fucking healthcare. It End of statement. Healthcare. It's healthcare. End exactly. of statement. And it's nobody's fucking business besides the person who can get pregnant. Yeah. And her doctor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And well, if her doctor isn't into it, then switch fucking doctors. Yeah. And, and back to this uh, this Republican in Ohio, Gene Schmidt. Uh, her comments came during a hearing over Schmidt's House Bill 598. This is again in Ohio. The proposal would ban abortions in Ohio if the landmark Roe v. Wade decision were yeah, overturned. It's a trigger bill, yeah. Yeah, an increasingly likely scenario as the U.S. Supreme Court reviews a Mississippi ban on the procedure after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The bill has no exception for rape and incest. So there you have it. Yeah, yeah. Still uh, uh, bad, bad, bad. And they're also going, to, let's just, just so your listeners know, they're going after, not. I believe the Ohio bill not only goes after just um, medical, not medical, but uh, surgical abortion. Yeah. It goes after medical abortion, which is a pill. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go after the morning after pill, which not, which is not an abortifacient. It's, it's a contraception. Yes. And eventually they're going to go after hormonal birth control, whether it's implanted in your body or you take it every day. 
And my rant about the uh, about Plan B is that the Supreme Court has already fumbled that medication mm-hmm. in the Hobby Lobby decision. Yep. Supreme Court basically said, if you believe Plan B, which isn't an abortifacient, as you said, it's but if not. you believe that it is, then it is. That was the Hobby Lobby decision. That, that's utter fucking madness. You talk about counterfactual anti-science nonsense. Yep. Every expert says this does not kill a, an embryo or a zygote or whatever it is not at that even stage. Close. It's a, it prevents fertilization in the first place. Exactly. It's not. That's it's the not. point of it. That's the exact point of it. It just stops, like like other hormonal birth controls. It right. stops contra- It stops conception. That's why it's called contraception. Exactly. So we can count on the Republicans to completely uh, run with that decision and continue down that road, which is maddening and frustrating and all the rest of it. They just don't get it. Okay, so we got the Shadow Docket coming up around the corner. It's act three of the show. If you're not hearing the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page, you're like you're missing like 30% yeah. of the show, and that's a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about Joe Biden's latest move against cigarettes, uh, Joe Biden's war against cancer. Uh, plus, uh, New York grand jury is hearing evidence in the DA's investigation into the Trump organization. Oh, yeah, the, the grand jury is uh, expiring this week. We're going to yeah. talk about that here in a second. Uh, plus, uh, some Twitter, uh, some interesting Twitter news that doesn't necessarily have to do with Elon Musk. Um, oh, more red hat terrorists. Yay! <laughs> yes. Sign up on Patreon to hear about red hat terrorists. Also, maybe some Alex Jones and uh, <sighs> some good news on the climate crisis front from a light bulb perspective. So, there you go. Uh, I got. I have to hear Donald Trump getting hit by fruit one more time before we wrap up here. I know words. I had the best. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me on that. <laughs> a very vivid imagination. Okay, that's it for the uh, show. Thank you, Jody. Uh, Patreon.com slash from the bunker, etc. for Jody's podcast. Have a great weekend. And uh, if you're subscribed on Patreon, we'll see you on the after party tomorrow. Kimberly will be back. See you then, folks. Bye bye.